Thank you for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. In today's sermon, Pastor Dwayne talks about the power of thankfulness. By cultivating an attitude of gratitude, you will be able to overcome depression, keep your pride in check, and enter the presence of God. It's time to get started. I wanted to talk with you about the power of thanksgiving. Um, how can we say? It is literally the greatest mental health agent that God has given. Uh, it's in 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, in everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God wants you and I to be thankful. He wants us to have a heart full of gratitude. Colossians 2 in verse 7 says, Rooted and build up in him and established in the faith. Now, I think we do a good job of talking about faith, getting you established it says, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving is something we don't talk about as nearly as much as we should. The Bible says you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're going to be talking a little bit about thanksgiving today. It's coming up in just a few weeks. As Psalms 100 and verse 4 says, enter his gates with Thanksgiving. And literally, the protocol, the protocol to come into God's presence. If you're going to go and see the Queen of England, before you come into her presence, they're going to sit down and they're going to talk with you. And they're going to tell you, look, this is how you approach the Queen. Do not touch the Queen. And you can say this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do the next thing. Right? They're going to tell you how to approach the Queen. Well, how much more the King of the universe? And it says, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And, and literally, when, when we come with an attitude of thanksgiving, we are checking our pride at the door. And remember that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The third verse says this, Psalms 100, know that the Lord he is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It, it, we are living in the day when, when of the self-made man, the self-made woman, the, the, you're, you're being self-actualized and it's all about you. But the Bible tells us that it is he who made us, not we ourselves. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Now, I believe that that's talking about the simple fact that we belong to God. He is the creator. But more than that, the gifts, the talents, the acumen that you have, those are things that God put on the inside of you. And if you think that your gifts and talents are something that you just have and you developed, then you can be proud. But when you understand it is something that God has given you, then we're going to acknowledge and we're going to be thankful. In Psalms, excuse me, Psalms, in Hebrews 13 in verse 15, 
It says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now notice it is the sacrifice of praise. And it's the thanksgiving that we're giving to his name. Now, if, if, if we are just looking at what we don't have, and I'm gonna talk about this in a few minutes, and, and we're, we're looking at what we want that we don't have, well, we don't tend to be thankful. But notice that this calls it the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's not thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving. In other words, it doesn't matter how you feel. It needs to be something that's coming out of us. And it called the sacrifice of praise. Now, now, literally, praise is the expression of thankfulness that we have in our heart. And notice it says that it is the sacrifice. In other words, when things are not going the way that you'd like them to go, and when you don't have what you think that you want to have, that's going to make you happy, then we begin to be thankful in that situation. That's when it's a sacrifice. There's sometimes you look around and you see what God has done and there's just this grateful heart of thankfulness, but there's other times that you don't feel it. But again, it's not thanks feeling, it's thanks giving. And the Bible calls it the sacrifice of praise. So there's times when we don't feel like it. Habakkuk said it like this. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no fruit. Though the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like a deer's feet tomorrow morning. And he will make me walk. On the high hill. Some of you don't know what that's about. Tomorrow morning is opener. But, but notice, he says, all these things are not the way they should be, the way I would like them to be, but yet I will rejoice in the Lord. There's going to be a thankful, thankful heart. Um, here in the United States, our first president, George Washington, made the first proclamation of a declaration of national thanksgiving, explicitly devoted to giving thanks to God. But thanksgiving was not celebrated as a holiday until President Abraham Lincoln established it. And he said this, I do hereby invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our Father who dwells in the heavens. He said, he said we need to be a thankful people. And again, it's thanksgiving, not thanksgiving. But thanksgiving should not be the last Thursday of November if you're a Christian. Thanksgiving should be every day. Every day if you're a Christian. And I think it's interesting that research shows that Thankful people, just thankful people, not just Christians, but thankful people have fewer aches and pains and they feel healthier. Yeah, there's something that Thanksgiving does on the inside of us. Uh, not when you just feel it. When you feel good, 
and you're going to give thanks to God. But because he is good, we need to give thanksgiving to God. Not because we feel good. It says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, but you shall remember the Lord your God. And it's amazing how we forget the Lord our God. It says, you shall remember him, for it is he who gives you the power, the ability, the ingenuity, the giftedness, the acumen to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers, even as it is this day. How many realize we owe everything to God? Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. I think the worst time, the worst moment in an atheist's lives is when they're really thankful and they've got nobody to be thankful to. Right? Now, Ecclesiastes 4 says, again, I saw that all the toil and every skillful work a man is, for a man is envied by his neighbor. He said, when you see somebody and something that they do well, something that they've obtained, he said, it tends to be envied by his neighbor. And envy is something that should not, listen, should not exist in the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice, not be envious that they got a promotion or got a car or got a new dress or, or whatever it is. We should not be envious. We should rejoice. Now, James said this in chapter three, for where there's envy and self-seeking exists confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, where there's envy, the Bible says it opens the door for every evil thing. But with Christians, we should be rejoicing with those who rejoice. We shouldn't be those that are comparing ourselves to others. In fact, in 2 Corinthians, Paul said this, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. For they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. In other words, you are not to look at somebody else and look at a gift or a talent or some object where they have, whether it's a house or a car or whatever it is, and then compare yourself. Every time you do, you lose. You lose every time. First, if I look at myself and I compare myself to somebody else, there's something that I'm better at them, better at than they are. And then I get proud. But everybody has some area where they're better than I am, right? And I look then and I get depressed. So you can't win. You literally, you cannot win. The Bible says if you're comparing yourself among yourself, he says you are just not wise. And I think it's interesting that John in his gospel, as he's concluding his gospel, he talks about comparing. And it's really kind of hidden, but it's right there. Jesus has just said to Peter, he said, now when you're old, he said, they're gonna take you where you don't want to go. He's speaking that he's going to be crucified when he's old. Well, Peter thinks about that, and then he looks at John, and he says, well, Jesus, what about him? And, and you remember that, that Peter and John, they, they got this kind of like this little rivalry going on. When, when uh, the ladies come back and they said, look, Jesus has risen from the dead. Peter and John run to the tomb, and this is what John said. He said, and I outran him. 
I mean, there's just this little rivalry going on, you know? So then Peter looks over at, at, at John and, and says, Jesus, what about him? And Jesus said to him, he said, if I want him to live until I come back, what is that to you? You follow me. See, so often we're concerned about somebody else. Are we keeping up with somebody else? No, you don't need to keep up with anybody else. All we need to do is be thankful. Be thankful for all that God has done. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is addressing this thankfulness issue. And he says in the 20th verse, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So he's basically saying, if you look at the universe, you look at a child being born, you look at a beautiful flower, you look at a rainbow, you look at a waterfall, you can understand that this is not an accident, that there is a creator. Then he says in verse 21, because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful. It says they didn't glorify him. Others' translations say they didn't honor him. Say so we should honor the Lord and we should be thankful. But here's what happened when they weren't thankful. They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Without thankfulness, we stray. We, we do no longer understand our purpose. We no longer understand morality. And literally, our minds go crazy. They go haywire. They're foolish. They're kooky. They're nutty. They're silly. They're wacky. They're deranged. They're demented. They're, they're, they're like a screw is loose. Like you're out of your mind. You're a fruitcake, right? You're out to lunch, you have a loose screw, and you're mental. It, when, when you are not thankful, listen, it affects your mind. Right? You no longer understand purpose. It's interesting that there are, there are seminar, seminaries, seminars that people are paying thousands of dollars to go to. And they tell you, you need to invent a purpose. You need to invent a purpose. And then believe that that purpose is important and live your life to fulfill that purpose. But brothers and sisters, God gave us a purpose. We have a purpose. And we invent a morality. That, that's why we have people that will literally endorse partial birth abortion, but tell you to take care of the frogs. Send you to jail because you're hurting frogs. Their foolish hearts are darkened. They're darkened. The Bible says, professing to be wise, they become fools. And they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible things of birds, four-feeted beasts, and creeping things. You know, when you're not thankful, you become so far from God that you literally think God cannot help you any more than a cat, a four-footed beast, a dog, or a cow. When, when we are unthankful, we look elsewhere. We no longer understand that God loves us, that God has a purpose for us. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts, 
dishonoring their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. How many of you know that's exactly what we're seeing in our culture today? It's exactly what we're seeing. Unthankful people, listen, do not have dominion over their soul. They don't have dominion over their soul. Thankfulness connects you to God. It is a small thing, but it is extremely powerful. In Psalms 89, the psalmist said this, excuse me, 69. I think it's verse 30. He said, I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. Now, Paul in Romans 1 says, when you don't honor God and you're not thankful to God, you get to the point where you think God can do nothing. You're looking, you're looking more to a four-footed beast than you are to God. But David said, when I'm thankful, I magnify the Lord. You say, what does that mean? Well, take a magnifying glass. And if you're looking at something, I want to ask this question first. Does the magnifying glass make it bigger? Not really. But it lets you see what's really there in, in, in a greater degree. And that is what thankfulness does for us. When we begin to be thankful for what God has already done in our hearts and in our lives, we begin to see how loving he is, how powerful he is, how he wants to move in our lives. And the exact opposite happens when we're unthankful. David said, I magnify the Lord. With Thanksgiving, I begin to see how powerful he is. Right? I love what the psalmist said in 142. He says, no one cares for my soul. No one cares for my soul. Let me tell you something. When you're thankful, you're caring for your soul. You are caring for it. Right? The psalmist said, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. When we're thankful, we begin to see that God is not just a God who's going to bless us when we die and go to heaven. The psalmist said, you're my portion in the land of the living. Psalms 23, David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thanksgiving and praise, they connect us to God. They connect us to the Lord. The, the psalmist said, Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. Again, praise is an expression of a grateful heart. But he said, if you will get me out of bondage, right, out of prison, then I'll be able to praise you. You know, when someone's in bondage, they don't have a grateful heart. There isn't a heart full of praise and thanksgiving. In the Talmud, which is, is basically the central text of rabbinic, rabbinical teaching. It says this, if you enjoy something without saying a blessing, without being thankful, it's as if you've stolen it. So I want to ask you, how many blessings have you shoplifted? Because if, you, if, if God is blessing you and you aren't thankful, it's the same as if you stole it. I knew it was Friday. Um... Uh, uh, I, I was born Dutch. Right. So basically what that means is this. We do not let you out of the crib right, until you can balance a checkbook. <laughs> right. 
so, so I'm thinking about, you know, what I want to do. You know, uh, we have a family farm um, about an hour and a half from here. And, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I, I want to build a pole barn, you know. And so I'm thinking about that pole barn. And, uh, you know, we're, gonna, we're doing the Heart for the Kingdom offering coming up here in just a few weeks, next month. And, and I was planning on giving a certain amount. But then I'm thinking about the pole barn. And I'm thinking, man, if I give that, there goes the pole barn. And here's the verse that comes popping in my mind. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. So let me break that down to you. This is what it means. It means God has blessed us a lot. Right? We are blessed. But because I want a pole barn, I'm not going to... I'm not going to respond to all the blessings that I already have. I'm going to penalize God because I don't have a pole barn. And I said, oh, the pole barn can wait a year. Because I need to be thankful for what God has blessed us with and not say, well, I'm not going to be thankful because I don't have a pole barn. Right? Right? See, so often, instead of counting the blessings that we do have, we look at what we don't have, right? And we say, God, yeah, 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 you've been good to me, but I don't have this, and I don't have this, and I don't have the next thing. And the Bible says, do not penalize God for what you do not have. It says, be thankful and show that gratitude for what you do have. But, but it is so easy to look at what you don't have. Sir John Templeton said this. He says, if you've got a billion, a billion dollars and you're ungrateful, you're a poor man. But if you have very little and you're grateful, you are truly rich. I believe that that is true. In Proverbs, it says that a thankful heart has a continual feast. You know, when you're thankful... It's like you're having a party every day. It's a continual feast when you're thankful. But what we so often do is we look at what we don't have or what somebody else has. And instead of being thankful for what we have, we run around depressed. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't have what they have. Why do they have that and I don't have that? That's stupid. I shouldn't be so blunt. That's not wise. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, an entitlement attitude uproots a thankful heart. An entitlement attitude uproots a thankful heart, right? If you want to get God's attention, open your heart with thanksgiving for all that he's already done. And then start watching because God tends to show up when we have a thankful heart. Literally, thanksgiving opens the spiritual realm for blessing. When Jesus has given just a few loaves and a couple of fish, the Bible says he gives thanks. And he breaks them and feeds 4,000 men plus women and children. But what was the first thing that happened? He gave, he gave thanks. Right? And, and really, if you say... I just don't have anything to be thankful for. First of all, you do. But then just be thankful for what you don't have. 
How many know there's some things you should just be thankful you don't have? All right, you're not broke, you're not deaf, you're not depressed or whatever it is, but be thankful for what you don't have if you can't think of anything to be thankful for. A proud man is seldom, if ever, a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. Well, 2 Timothy 3, verse 2, Renner, expanded translation. I love this. Although they were once thankful and appreciative, people will become void of gratitude and generally unappreciative of everything in the last times. As a result, impurity will seep into society. Unthankfulness causes what to seep into our society? Impurity. Okay? And cause it to become unholy, impure, ill-mannered, unclean, indecent, coarse, vulgar, offensive, crude, lewd, rude, behaving and carrying on in a way that God would never sanction. When? When we are unthankful. Jesus heals 10 lepers. How many come back to say thank you? You know, thankfulness is not, it's not something that we are naturally. It needs to be cultivated. And I would encourage you, make a list of what you've got to be thankful for. Food, clothes, transportation, a warm home. How I many know warm homes nice right now? Salvation, you've got health, you've got a job, you've got friends, family, car, money, children. If you can't think of anything else, be thankful that you live in a country where we have the freedoms that we have. There are so many things. The Bible says in everything, give thanks. Not for everything. I've mentioned this before, but when I was first a Christian, there was a very popular book that said, if you get a divorce, thank God for the divorce. And if you have cancer, thank God for cancer. God didn't give the divorce and God did not give the cancer. I know some of you believe everything that happens is God's will. It's not. Hosea 8 and 4 says, you have rulers, but they're not of me. Not everything that happens is the will of God. And we need to recognize that no matter what is happening, we can be thankful and we should be thankful. However, not everything that is happening in our lives is of God, but no matter what's happening, we can be thankful in the midst of it. Where there's a lack of thanksgiving, relationships begin to break down. It's true in your relationship with God. When there's a lack of thanksgiving, it's like the first sign of backsliding. When there's a lack of thanksgiving for your spouse, it's the first sign of trouble in your marriage. When you begin to take them for granted. Proverbs 31 in verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her worth is far above rubies. What's it saying? Be thankful. Recognize the value of your spouse. Later in the chapter, it says her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. It says many women have done well, but you have surpassed them all. What's he doing? He is thankful. And when we are unthankful for our spouse, it's the first sign that our relationship is deteriorating. When you're un unthankful for your job, the same thing begins to happen. It begins to deteriorate. Now, I just want to close in Isaiah 61, Jesus is speaking here and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for heaviness. The garment of praise. Remember, praise is the expression of a grateful heart. And it says that there is an exchange, that Jesus came to give you a garment of praise or thanksgiving instead of a spirit of heaviness. Now, heaviness is literally, it's an old English word that means depression. Now, they tell us that in America at any time that one third of us are in some state of depression. Now, the Bible tells us the way out of depression is a thankful heart. It's a thankful heart. In fact, the Bible says you put on a garment of praise, of thanksgiving. You begin to thank God for all the good things that he's done in your life, for your redemption, for your salvation, for the blood. You begin to thank God for every good thing that you have, and the heavy spirit will fall off you. You cannot be thankful and depressed at the same time. So put on that garment of praise. Jesus said, I came so that you could put on a garment of praise and that spirit of heaviness would fall off. See, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You know, culture today tells us that good people go to heaven, but the Bible tells us something different. It's not good people who go to heaven. It's forgiven people who go to heaven. And that's forgiveness we need to receive. The Bible says to as many as receive him, Jesus, he gives the right to become the children of God. What Jesus said was this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, all of my good things, good works, could not make me right with God. And all of your good works could not make you right with God. There's just one way to be right with God, and that is through Jesus. And we need to receive that forgiveness. So Jesus said, you must be born again. You need to give him all of your heart and all of your life. He's not a thief to steal your heart, a manipulator to trick you. If you have not given him all of your heart and all your life, you still have it. And I want to pray with you today. If you're away from God, not right with God, you're that person who says, I want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. I want to go to heaven. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you make these words your own? Say this out loud. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. My past is gone. I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer. You're right with God. You're forgiven. And I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to give it to you free of charge. Now, there's information on your screen. This book is going to help you keep growing, keep moving ahead in your walk with God. All, you can download the book. It's, the information's on your screen. Or if you need a hard copy, contact us. We will get you a hard copy. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. 
If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly. Or you can also find the audio version on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all over the world with the truth of God's Word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways that you can give. One, text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. Or three, click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen and send us a prayer request. Or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. I pray you have a blessed week full of things to be thankful for. We'll see you next time.